As a real estate investor, generating leads is by far one of the biggest struggle everybody has. Driving for dollars is the number one way to generate leads because unless somebody else drove that same exact neighborhood and wrote down the same exact houses that you did, you guys are not competing against each other. So it is a, an amazing list. You should always be driving for dollars and you should always be marketing to those properties. Competition is way down and the outcome, the profit that comes out of it is so much higher. So in this video, I'm actually gonna take a drive around our neighborhood and I'm gonna show you all of the things I look at when I'm determining a property to market to. A lot of people, the mistake they make when they're driving for dollars is they're looking for teardowns. Those are the same properties everybody else is writing down. What you need to do is look beyond that and try to find real distress in that neighborhood. When you find that real distress, now you're writing down properties that other people are just not seeing. So with that being said, let's go check them out. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. Every time I start driving a neighborhood, the first thing I like to do before I even start looking at uh, houses to write down is I take a lap. I, I drive up and down a few streets because I'm trying to get a gauge for what a house that's in great condition looks like versus a house that's distressed look like. And that what that's gonna do is give me a good understanding on what to expect from the neighborhood. There's a lot of neighborhoods, depending on where you live, that um, I've had people bring me a list and it was almost every house in the neighborhood. And I was like, what did you do? You wrote down every house. Well, every house looked like crap. And then I was like, well, if every house looks like crap, then there's no house that stands out so then there's there may not be that level of motivation for anybody to want to sell because everybody in that neighborhood is pretty much in the same conditions right so that's what i'm trying to look at i'm trying to look at those houses that are sore thumbs that are standing out in the neighborhood so i take a quick lap around and i'm looking at what are these really nice well-kept homes versus these houses that you're like no there's really signs of neglect there so that's what we do first so like you see this house right here one of the things that I look at is this neighborhood houses are selling north of 300 grand. A house like this one right here, all the houses in the neighborhood they have updated and I'm going to show you one a uh, little bit further that I just saw. Uh, what a house looks like when it's fixed up versus a house like this. So you look at this one, the windows are old, um, the siding is faded and needs work, the doors they're old, they need work. Um, you look at these things and they're things that to update this on a house of this size is gonna cost, especially a homeowner, real money. And those are the things that I try to pay attention to. It's like, as a homeowner, they don't have access to the contractors that we have access to. So when they renovate a house, when they get new windows, let's say, we can get new windows in a house, 11, 12 windows for around 2,500 bucks. A new homeowner, or a homeowner, they're probably paying closer to 10 grand 
for Windows. So when you add up all of these costs, it's going to cost them so much more to get that house up to the levels of these fixed up homes. So that's what you got to look at. Not necessarily a house that's just falling apart. Instead of looking for a house that looks vacant, you know, and hoping that it's vacant, just be, you look at the level of the stress that this one has. It has the, the falling gutters. It has, you know, bars on the window. You have um, the, the, what's always great also with brick siding is you can tell if the house has foundation issues. Right when they has brick siding, you can see if you see angle cracks going up. Now you can see that the house has foundation issues, and that only happens with houses that have brick siding or stuff like that because they'll just crack. Um, so you want to look for that. And even though that one had a car in the driveway, yes, it doesn't seem like it's vacant, but it's definitely very dated. And then you have this next house that you're seeing right now, and it's like that one looks vacant as hell right you have tall grass really tall grass it looks abandoned you look at the garbage cans where they're positioned and everything it doesn't look like anybody lives there so that house that kind of neglect especially when i drove around the neighborhood and even some houses that have tall grass they're not as tall as that one so you can tell that somebody hasn't been there in quite some time now this is a typical example of a house in this neighborhood that's fixed up so look at the quality of the house look it has new windows everything is painted everything is taken care of obviously there's a sign on the yard that's for sale but overall look at the condition of the home and look at the quality of the condition of the home it has more like custom style um, shutters you know that kind of like farm style shutters so it has a higher quality of finished work it has a higher quality of work so when you look at the finished product like that and you look at a house like we just saw you know with the with the siding with the windows and the bars on the window and everything you can see it's like it's gonna cost them you know probably anywhere in the neighborhood of 70 to 80 grand to update a house of that size in this neighborhood so when it's time for them to sell chances are the best chance for them to sell is going to be to an investor um, even if you're an agent right and the listing is an option great but most of the time their best option is always going to be to an investor because of the level of distress from the home so as you can see this house right here I'm looking it has a fresh coat of paint outside yeah they painted the brick the siding they have new windows they have a nice little like um, farm style fence uh, the landscaping is really nice it's, uh, it's actually really nice decent landscape they have the driveway it's been like refinished or done uh, a house like this again this is the kind of quality that you see in this neighborhood so when you're looking at this qualities like is just keep registering that you're you're looking at okay that's that's higher quality so if I'm gonna flip a house renovate a house I gotta get it to that level so what is it going to cost to get to that level? And that's going to really point out the ones that need that level of work. So another big thing to pay attention to, remember, it's not necessarily a house that's falling down, but this neighborhood, when you look at the quality of the homes, a fixed up home and everything, not having central AC is a, it's a big red flag, right? Because uh, it's Texas, it gets pretty hot in here. Um, so you see a house like this one and, you know, even... The, the type of siding is very old style it has never been painted or try to do any kind of updating you see window units you see the windows are old you see overgrown uh, vegetation on the actual house itself 
um, you're gonna see like some signs of distress on the on the roof you can tell that the roof is has a few years on it uh, you see a what seems to be like an abandoned you know a broken down pickup truck all of these things are signs of neglect and some level of distress so don't just look at the house itself the front of it look at the sides look at the backyard especially houses that have chain link fences you'll see if the backyard is ridiculously overgrown I mean you have tall grass and then you have a jungle right and there's houses that will have jungles in the backyard because of the, size of the level of neglect and then you see the sides and that's usually when you start seeing those window units um, so when you see window units overgrown grass the roof looks beat the siding is old these are all flags of a house that has not been updated nor can they and when you're in a neighborhood that the houses are selling for 300 plus and you saw the quality of a, of a fixed up home that's motivation you understand that's something that ju just because a house is vacant doesn't mean there's motivation because it could be vacant because you had a tenant in there and there's turnover or you just bought it you want a house that is distressed because as investors as somebody that needs to sell you're looking for a distressed situation so in this case we're looking for a distressed home any other marketing we're looking for a distressed seller right other circumstances we'll talk about those but here we're looking for a distressed home and that those are the signs that I'm always paying attention to my head is always on a swivel when I drive neighborhoods I'm looking for all of these signs when I see window units and I see like overgrown grass and I see the roof is kind of old or the windows are old there's just too many things that's checking the box and those are the houses that I'm gonna write down Hey, podcast Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you want to get very exclusive insider tips and strategies that nobody else is getting, then you need to join our text community by texting podcast to 210-794-9898. That's 210-794-9898. Text the word podcast and you will start receiving insider information Things that are happening that we're realizing that we're implementing in real time that other people have no access to. So make sure you text us now. Now back to the show. Now, a tip to give you on this is when you are in doubt, you're looking at a house, you're like, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it looks a little old, looks a little dated, but it looks a little maintained. I'm not sure. Write it down. If you're in doubt, just write it down. You understand? It's just one more house to market to. It, you'll be surprised at how many people you will be able to get on houses that weren't a complete teardown, but there was still motivation. So if you, even if you're in doubt, you're not too sure, write it down, always. More things that you want to keep an eye for is more obvious signs, so like uh, stuffed mailboxes, right? Uh, boarded up windows. If you see any kind of uh, tarps and stuff on over windows or over the roof, that means like they're leaking and they can't patch it, right? or the windows broken and they can't replace it. Those are major signs. Those are, But those are also signs that a lot of people look for. That's why I wanted to give you more of the details that also show signs of distress that almost any nobody else is writing down because they're looking for the very obvious signs. Also, best time to drive. I like personally driving on the weekends. Yes, it is much better to drive during the weekdays you know in the mornings because nobody's home traffic is very light 
you can move around. The reason I like driving the weekends is because everybody's home. So if a house is vacant, you'll pretty much know on the weekends because you're gonna drive by, it's gonna look vacant, and then you look and there's no cars, there's nothing, there's no movements. You know what I mean? So it, it's a higher likelihood that you're gonna be able to really determine whether a house is vacant or not. Also, what I like doing about, what I like driving on the weekends is that I get to speak to neighbors. So a lot of times you'll see people mowing their lawn or out for a walk or whatever. And I just, I drive slow when I'm driving for dollars. So I drive real slow and I pull up next to them and I'm, I talk to them, I introduce myself. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a local investor here in San Antonio. Just, do you know anybody that probably has one of those eyesores in the neighborhood and they might be looking to get rid of it? You never know. I mean, very rarely does it work, but it has worked on our last neighborhood that I drove, I wanna say about a year ago. I did that with a neighbor and we got four houses from that one person, right? Because they rec they told their one neighbor when they were interested in selling, oh yeah, I remember speaking to these guys, they seem really nice. We, got, we spoke to them, everything, and it just trickled on from there. So we definitely paid that guy a very nice finder's fees. Um, but you just never know. You got to talk to people. People need to know what you're doing. Another thing to keep in mind, this, if you're doing it, there's, I'm going to do some reviews on apps that you can use while you're driving for dollars. But if you're saying, Hey, how do I drive for dollars? I'm broke. I want to do it for free uh, as cheap as possible, right? Just a gas tank. I go to Google and I get the neighborhood that I'm looking to, the, to print out, right? So I, I take an image of the a screenshot of that neighborhood and I print out the neighborhood. And then I bring myself a little highlighter and a pen. And as I'm driving, I'm marking off the streets that I'm driving. Now, why does this matter? If you have done any level of driving for dollars, you'll be driving. Next thing you know, you're like, ah, did I hit that street? Did I go this way? Did I go that way? And there's in neighborhoods, there are so many little streets, curves, things that it's very easy to miss a whole section of a neighborhood because you just took off in the other direction. So by highlighting it, it's very simple, very primitive, I guess, but it works. It's free. It works every single time because you're highlighting every single road that you're driving. So you don't miss a road. You don't miss a section, nothing. Then you take your pen and on the back, on the back side, you write down the addresses. So what I typically do is the same thing. I pull into a street. I see the street name. I write down the street name at the top. And now I'm just looking for house numbers. That's it. So I write it down all the house numbers I see. So as I'm driving, I'm just writing down, writing down. I don't even have to pay attention. I know where the page is. I write down the numbers, right? And then when I go to the next street, write down the next street name. So that, that way I know that it's like this street, these are all the numbers for this street that I found houses that I'm gonna be marketing to. So that is the way to do it without spending really any money aside from the gas that you're gonna be consuming. So with that being said, I'll catch you on the next video.